And so our plan for this time together is to start in this next time for uh, Anna and I to share something around taking the practice out of retreat and, um, and then some time for questions, if there are any questions about that in particular. And then we'll take a, a short break, a 10-minute break. And then when we come back, there'll be some announcements, a little bit of time for announcements. And then we'll have a, what, what we could call a sharing circle, although it's not quite a circle here, but there'll be an opportunity for, um, for, for some sharing about what, what you feel like you've learned or anything you'd like to say. So it's just a more general open time for, for sharing. And then we'll close together. So, um, Anna, why don't you start with the reflections on taking the practice out of retreat? Okay. <clears throat> so, um, for quite a number of you, this has been your first retreat, and some of you have been practicing this entire time in silence and seclusion. Um, and it's important for you to be aware that during um, this sort of a time in silence, we might become more, more open and more sensitive than we might realize. So when you leave this retreat container, you might find self find yourself reacting to things more more strongly than usual, having stronger emotional reactions than usual. You might find that your ordinary life all of a sudden seems way too busy and fast and full and the life in general <laughs> out there. And you might find that you, you get agitated or you might find that you get really tired and exhausted or you might find that it <laughs> keeps changing in the next couple of days. And it's, it's, it's all, all normal, uh, normal reaction to, to the changing conditions. So it's going to take a while to transition back, back to your ordinary life if you've been in, in seclusion, just as it took a while to transition to, to the silence of the retreat. So for you and for everybody else as well, it's, it's, it's great if you happen to have the opportunity to take good care of yourself in these next days and have some more quiet alone, alone time for yourself than usual to ensure a smooth transition, as comfortable transition as possible to your life and, and if possible, avoiding too many demands on yourself, like it might not be the best idea to <laughs> go check all your emails right after the closing session and try to reply all of them <laughs> tonight. You, you might try to spread that over, over a longer period of time and, and then maybe the to-do list can wait a little bit too. And also, if, if it's been your first retreat and you've had deep experience, also taking care 
who you share it with. Like somebody who hasn't been on retreat themselves might, might not understand <laughs> very much. And it, it might feel dismissive potentially share, sharing with somebody like that. So maybe just share with people who seem to be genuinely <laughs> interested in your experience to avoid any, any hurt feelings. And when you um, go back to your ordinary life, the retreat ends, it's, it's really, <laughs> um, really great if you're, if, if, if you're able to keep practicing and, and, and you might, might be feeling, you know, energized and inspired and motivated right now at the end of a retreat but you know you know that everything everything changes so that will change as well so as as months go by the memory of the retreat might fade and memory of those experiences might fade so it's it's helpful to first of all maintain connection to what's like really truly motivating you to practice maybe you felt maybe you'd had a like significant experience putting in touch with something deep, deep within that, that you feel is important to you. If, if, if you have, have an experience like that, like trying to bring, bring that to mind every now and then, just to remember what's important in life and, 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 and why you want to be doing this. Or maybe regularly trying to listen to inspiring Dharma talks or listening, reading inspiring Dharma books, just to keep that flame of <laughs> like inner motivation uh, burning and it's also very helpful to have a regular practice going on so if you don't have a regular practice like daily practice yet right after a retreat is an excellent time to to establish one in one's life, then there's this momentum of awareness going on and motivation and energy. This is a really good time to establish daily practice. So you might consider making a plan for the next month or so, um, like something that seems realistic in your particular life conditions, like how long to sit, what time to sit, where to sit. For instance, making a plan that for the next month I'm gonna, it would seem wise and realistic to sit half an hour per day in the morning between brushing my teeth and having breakfast and in the corner of the living room where nobody, nobody disturbs me at that time of the day. And then after a month sitting down to kind of evaluate how, how that went and if any changes need to be made. And when you get this practice going, when you get this habit built up, this, this regularity built up, it's, it's going to start supporting you even more. Like, it's, like when we have these habits like brushing our teeth in the morning, we don't have to think about them every morning, like whether we have the time and the energy to brush our teeth, teeth or not. We just do it. So the same way with practice, if you manage to build this kind of a daily practice habit, it's it's, it's going to be very helpful uh, for you in the future. 
And several things can be supportive for your practice and building up that routine. One is maybe using meditation app, like the Insight Timer, for instance. You might want to be listening to a guided meditation sometimes instead of just doing silent meditation. So those apps might, it might be helpful or certain websites. On Niroda's website, there's many uh, guided meditations in Finnish available. And in English, there's a good website called dharmaseed.org. Like there's enough to listen to for the rest of your life, probably. Dharmaseed. There's tons of good books around there on the Aura's webpage. There's a list of recommended books. Um, and of course, like other people, a group of practitioners, a Sangha is, is a great support. Fortunately, Niroda has uh, a lot to offer, also online in these times. So um, at the moment, Niroda has two weekly online meditation evenings going on every Tuesday and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. So and, and it's all Dana based, donation based. So any anybody is very warmly welcome to come and participate. Um, in Helsinki, there's also a physical meditation evening, uh, like a real <laughs> meditation evening every Friday. And there's normally activities in many different cities around Finland. But in these corona times, I'm not up to date on the current situation. So if you live, if you're interested in some particular city, you might want to go to Neroda's website and check the contact person of, this, of, of that city and get in touch with them and ask if they have any physical activities going on at the moment. Um, then we have classes online. Um, so I'm actually going to start teaching a six-week class on working with mind states and emotions next week. There happens to be a, just a few spaces available if you're, if you're interested and it's going to be in Finnish. And don donation-based. Actually, there's a five-euro charge for the for the costs, but but otherwise it's it's donation-based. Um, there's going to be online day-long retreats. I believe there's they might not be public yet, but I think there's plans to have two day-long retreats online later this year, and also these longer retreats. Uh, Niroda ordinarily organizes approximately one longer retreat per month. Um, and in the October retreat is online, the November retreat is online, but from then, from then on we haven't decided yet. But at the moment it looks pretty likely that they will continue to be online for a while longer, but there's no decision has been made after, after November at the moment, but here you can see the times anyway up on the web page. And so the web page is a good source of information for, for the neuroda activities. And then there's also the mailing list and the face, Facebook page. So you might consider joining those if you want to get the earliest information about upcoming events. Okay. I think I could pass it on to Andrea for some more practice ideas. Thank you, Anna. 
So, um, I'm going to mostly talk about um, practicing, you know, how, how it feels a little different, perhaps. Some of you have been doing a more integrated practice in this, uh, in this form. And, um, you know, you have perhaps gotten a little more of a taste of what it's like to have that practice infuse regular activities, even at times. Um, but what I would mostly say, well, look, one piece there is like um, uh, the container of the retreat. You know, some of you have been mostly just doing the, the morning and evening sessions and it work during the day. And, and, um, and so maybe it feels like whatever momentum of mindfulness you've found in these times, that'll just continue. But the container of the morning and evening sessions is a condition that really supports the momentum of mindfulness. And so you'll probably experience still some momentum Falling, coming out of the retreat, some some elevated capacity and just natural awareness happening, but it will change. Um, it will not continue probably <laughs> uh, to that level. Um, so I'm going to just point to a few things, a few of the instructions that might support you. Um, like we said around sitting versus walking or um, sitting versus daily activities, the instructions are the same. So that's one great thing about this practice. There's not a difference in the instructions. Allow there to be relaxation. Are you aware? What's obvious? What's the attitude? We can do this in our daily lives. What's, what is different, though, often, and for those of you who have been more secluded, this will be a, a bigger difference for you, is that in the formal practice, the, um, uh, the experience tends to be a little more internal, um, can get a little bit more subtle, perhaps. Um, we're noticing more about, you know, the... Um, the subtlety of body sensations and thoughts. And, you know, we may, we may notice more of that in the, in the formal practice in the daily life practice. It's like the objects may be different. They may be just more ordinary, you know, just, just ordinary experience. This is a place where recognizing the awareness is so important that recognizing, yes, I'm aware of ordinary experience. It, 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 it has the, a different quality. You know, it's got that more panoramic quality, uh, being aware of ordinary experience at times. And so to begin to recognize the awareness in the ordinary, that will support the continuity of mindfulness. And what I've seen is that as the continuity of mindfulness builds in the ordinary activities of daily life, then when you sit down to meditate, that momentum is more available. And so there's a, there's a kind of a nice flow between the sitting and the daily life practice. So, um, but a couple of key, a couple of key pieces from the instructions just to highlight um, in the retreat form, we can highlight the efforting potentially, although we've been encouraging it to be more relaxed and just receptive, but still the, 
the, the kind of intention towards, am I aware? You know, the, the kind of the recognizing awareness that has been your main thing to do this whole time. And so when we shift into ordinary life, into daily life, we have other things to do. And those of you doing the more integrated retreats know the shift that when we have to go to our jobs or our work, there are agendas that we have to pick up and engage with. And when we have those agendas in our mind, holding two agendas, holding the agenda of writing this memo to my boss and being aware while doing it, that can be pretty challenging to have the agenda to kind of keep the awareness going. And so what I find in working with people in daily life, um, you know, in terms of cultivating the momentum or the awareness is to not emphasize trying to do the mindfulness when you have something, you know, a particular other agenda that takes a lot of mental activity. So, uh, you know, you can do it when you're doing things like in the kitchen, perhaps, you know, you've got the agenda for preparing a meal. We've been practicing that kind of awareness. And so in those times, you could um, be trying to remember awareness. But when you have a, a particularly mental, um, um, you know, kind of an emphasis on the mental activity, trying to do the awareness, it's going to kind of feel like it gets in the way, you know, it's like, Oh, I've got it. Okay. I've got to think about what to say to this person. Oh, can I be aware? Oh, think about what to say. Oh, can I be aware? It does. It doesn't allow the, the, the natural flow of the mind following its train of um, focusing on that task. And yet, you know, we might think then that it, that means that we can't have mindfulness in that task. And that's not true. It is more that the momentum of mindfulness needs to build, and then that momentum can infuse that experience. So the, the momentum of mindfulness builds over time, and one of the key ways for that to build, and I might have mentioned this earlier, is to notice the moments of mindfulness returning. It will return in, in many situations. And so that one practice, I would say that one practice in my daily life has been the key for building and uh, inspiring and uh, having the mindfulness begin to kind of infuse everything. So mindfulness will return even in the midst of a very intense activity. It will return even just for a moment and just, oh, there it is. This is what it's like to be aware while focusing on writing an email. But then you don't have to try to keep doing it. Just take in that that is possible. Let it go and get on with your day. But notice those moments of mindfulness returning. It happens way more than you think. It happens a lot. And so, and yet we often don't notice it because when that moment of mindfulness returns, it's like, well, that's kind of, in some ways it might be the attention shifts. And for a moment, we know that the attention is shifted, but we're immediately picking up on what the attention has shifted to and not aware that we kind of recognize that, that there was that shift of attention. So noticing that shift of attention is another, another piece that sometimes when the attention shifts, you know, like we're sitting there doing something really intensive and then we, uh, we get distracted, we hear a, a loud noise. There's a split second of being aware in that moment. 
but often we we just leap immediately on annoyance for the what whatever made that loud noise so if we can kind of attune ourselves to those moments of mindfulness returning recognize the effortless nature of those see that it's revealing something in that moment but then just get on with your day just get on with whatever you're doing so not trying to hold on to the mindfulness there um and then i'd say the other key piece that um um, the practice tool that Sayada offers of 50-50 mindfulness, 50% of the attention on the content of what we're doing, 50% of the attention on how we are. That's a great practice for daily life. And that can be used um, in many activities. Now, the intensive focus, maybe not. But you can, you can cultivate and practice with it. So, for instance, you know, if you're reading the news at some times, really great to practice this 50-50 awareness. You're essentially in reading the news, you're taking in content, you're taking in information. It's kind of like you're receiving the contents of somebody else's mind there. You know, so you're receiving information. And how are you while you're receiving that information? How does it land? How does it affect you? So in, in reading, in reading the news, you, you can slow it down a little bit so that you can practice this 50-50 awareness. At first, it might feel like a going back and forth. You, you may like just look at the headlines at first. It's like, okay, how did that land? You know, let yourself read the headlines, then take a moment and sit back and then read, uh, read a couple paragraphs from an article. Okay, how did that land? How am I with this? And so at first, it can feel like a going back and forth. But over time, we develop the skill to be able to read, to take in the content and know simultaneously, you know, even as we're reading a word, how we're responding to that word. So that 50-50 awareness can be used in so many different ways. And I really encourage a exploration of that piece. It's hard. It's hard to do this daily life practice. Um, this is uh, graduate level practice <laughs> it's like the advanced practice taking it out of retreat and so to uh, have some compassion for yourself about how hard it is and not to berate yourself when you find the the the, the mindfulness getting lost more and the habits and patterns of uh, the ways that we typically respond to things coming back you know or, or just being right there if you're noticing them that's great news if you're noticing them, those, those habits and patterns. So just having some compassion for yourself around that. And there were a couple of questions, a couple of quick questions to take before we shift the recording. Um, um, one question around, um, this has been helpful and, um, you know, waking up consistently at six o'clock has been fantastic and hoping to keep it up and one, wondering if there's some support for that with groups that would happen at that time. So that, that is the um, um, 6.30 to 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time plus two. So that I think is about Finland time zone. Um, so I don't know of regular meetings that happen at that particular time. I think that would, Anna and I were talking about it, we think it would have to be like, you know, 
further Eastern in Europe, you know, Russia, um, that, that zone of the world. And uh, neither of us are aware of, of um, groups that meet at that time, but you know, you can look online. There are things that meet at times, there are many regular meetings that meet at times that do work for, for the time zone, usually later afternoon, I'd say. Um, in California, Gil Fronstall um, is offering currently 7.30 a.m. Pacific time, which I think is about 5.30 p.m. Uh, Finnish time. Uh, every morning he's offering about an hour. He does a guided meditation and a short Dharma talk. Um, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of guidance. He's, he, but he's, he's doing a kind of a series. He does series on various... Um, you know, working with various uh, themes in practice. So that's available. Um, I'll be teaching, um, you know, I have a regular group that meets at, it probably conflicts with the, the Neurota time. I meet at 9.30 a.m. my time, which would be like 7.30 p.m. your time on Tuesdays. Um, uh, so that that's available most weeks. Um, if I'm teaching a retreat like this week, I didn't, I didn't do it. Um, and then um, I'll also be offering in August, I offered the first daily life retreat online, which is more, it's using this form of practice with an emphasis on integrating it into daily life. So if you were interested in that little dose I gave you just, you know, the 10 minutes I gave you on working with this in daily life, I do a whole week retreat on that. And the form of that is two sessions a day with one um, being the most important one being the instruction session. And, um, and that one happens 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. California time, which again, I think is 5.30 p.m. Finnish time. Um, and then I'd have a second session just for questions that happens later in the day. That would probably be overnight uh, finish time, but that's recorded and, and you can listen to that on your own time. So that'll be happening in February, March timeframe. Um, I just taught it in August and, and after about six months of doing it, doing that again. So, so that's also available, but there's a lot happening online. There's a ton happening online. Um, um, I think there was actually, I'll see if I can find this link. I think it's focused on the U.S., but it's like, it's got like, it's an Excel spreadsheet that lists all around the world and the time zone, all the different groups that are meeting at various times. And so I'll see if I can find that. Somebody's emailed it to me. I'll see if I can find that and, uh, and, and let that be a resource that gets sent to you following the retreat. Um, Anna, do you want to say anything more about things that might be available at that time? I could mention a couple of a couple of possibilities. I'm not also not aware of anything happening early early <laughs> in the day Finnish time, but uh, Gaia House, the retreat center in the UK, uh, offers this online Dharma Hall, uh, five weekly sittings each week and uh, some of them take place in the morning UK, UK time so that's going to be a bit later in the morning Finnish time and then there's this website called sangha.live 
with a lot of a lot of teachers from this tradition and they sometimes also have daily morning meditations might not be really early finish time but sometime in the morning finish time anyways and they also have weekly weekly classes and Bodhi College is another resource for weekly more like Dharma teaching uh, classes so yeah there's plenty available online and and, and Niroda's website has some of these things available there. And Adina just posted the message to everyone that at 9 a.m. Swedish time, the Vipassana group and uh, uh, um, Vipassana group will have a daily meditation sitting for an hour. I think that's online. Uh, so that's, that's also available um, a little bit later in the morning, your time. And then um, another question about... Um, more interested in practicing longer periods and where that might be possible, um, you know, longer than one week and um, not possible in Finland at the moment. And feeling like this particular style feels right, but not sure where to go. And clearly the pandemic is an issue, but um, um, the person asks about Gaia House or Shui Umin, which is the uh, monastery where Sayadaw Utejaniya teaches. There's also, um, the uh, the long retreats at, in 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 the U.S. that are available, the the three month course at IMS is probably the first really um, you know intensive retreat that's offered um, offered for forty years now, um, and Anna has been to that. I teach at that most years. Um, that's not happening this year. <laughs> you know that has been canceled this year. And so it will be a while before these, I think, the long retreats come. Um, you know, I've, I've not seen many teachers um, doing long retreat uh, in the online form, although some are experimenting with a little bit of, of that. I think right now this month, Sally Armstrong and Guy Armstrong are doing a month following a, a week more intensive and then a month each day. I mean, a, a day, uh, one session each day for the rest of the month. Um, so people are starting to experiment with long retreats online. Um, but in terms of this practice, I would say Shui Umin, um, and then um, Carol Wilson and I are scheduled to teach a month long in the style at the Forest Refuge in June 2021. I don't know if that'll happen. It's possible because it's, you know, nine months from now. We'll see. Um, that is a lottery. We just had the lottery. So at this point, that's a waiting list. You would be on the waiting list for that. Um, but Shweyumin is a good option. Uh, it is also at this point closed. Um, uh, no, no yogis allowed. So, but just keep, keep an eye on that. And I would encourage you to practice in daily life because the momentum of that you know, listen to Sayadaw's teaching. There's a lot of a lot of things that he's published online. I've got a lot of talks online um, that support this style of practice. Uh, Carol Wilson, Alexis Santos, or other teachers that teach in this style. Um, some of Steve Armstrong and Kamala Masters talks teach in this style. So you can kind of search out the teachings and support yourself um, in in daily life in this style until until the retreat centers open again. And um, I will be, I am working on creating a web page for myself. At this point, my own um, teachings are hard to find because I don't have a way to collect them. They're kind of, I teach at 
four or five different centers and that's where things are kind of posted. And so I haven't yet created something. I haven't felt a, a need to do that, but now in this time it feels useful um, to kind of have that gathered all together. Where am I actually teaching? Um, so that's in process probably in the next month or so that'll get posted. Um, um, so yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a bit harder to, to find, but um, um, I, I have some resources that I'll send, uh, send to you in the um, email that will go out at the end in terms of where my teachings are available. So why don't we break the recording? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.